In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and communities. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And welcome to the Diaspora Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Councillor Vicky Harvard, a true and genuine friend of the Indian Diaspora in Brisbane City area, particularly in the Central Ward where she operates from. Councillor Vicky Harvard has always been there for the Diaspora, be it getting those Tiranga lights up at the Story Bridge or the City Hall or the driving force behind hosting those massive Diwali functions or India Day fairs in her central ward. She has always been there for the diaspora and I'm only delighted to have her today as my guest. To have you join us today. How are you this morning? I'm very well and I'm so delighted to be here and thank you so much for inviting me to talk to you today. Thank you, Councillor Harvard. Leading in pandemic as Chair for Community Art and Night Economy, apart from trailblazing the central board of Brisbane City Council, how has life been so far? Well, it's been a very difficult time for a lot of people and I think What we're finding at the moment is that uh, people are starting to come out and and to to enjoy life a little bit more, but it has been difficult. Brisbane City Council worked very closely with a lot of the small businesses to support them through some very trying times. And of course, um, the main people that were leading the charge was the Queensland Government and the Australian Government. And of course, we worked very closely with them to make sure that we were all complying with restrictions and making sure that uh, we that the public health um, issues were all being taken care of. But we also realised that it was very difficult um, economically for some of our businesses to survive. And so we set about setting up an economic recovery plan, which meant that we went out and talked to some of our businesses to find out just what we needed to do to support them. So um, that that happened over the, the first 12 months, and we've continued to do that with grants and things such as that going forward. So it's been a difficult time, but one I think that we're now starting to move through. That's brilliant, Councillor Harvard. But this is not something new for you. You've been a career politician for a long time and for a long time to come. And perhaps it's safe to say that in these times, you know, the feminist world, the the world where we are all wearing the boots and the pants very strongly, (laughs) how was it for you to break the patriarchy with so much grace, elegance, smile and style, perhaps at the start of your career in this era, please share with us. 
Well, it's uh, it's been an interesting journey and I think that everyone's journey is very different and very personal. Um, but I think that I've been very fortunate. I've had some very uh, good role models in my, in my life and, I, and I've really been able to navigate, I think, through a period of time where women have been given opportunities. And I think it's very important that everybody take any opportunities that are put their way. So um, I, I understand, you know, I, I worked with a, with a company that had a lot of um, men that worked for them. And I was probably one of the first women that um, was on their superannuation board. Um, but I also looked after things such as their um, equal opportunity and um, making sure that everybody was respectful in the workplace. So has politics changed in COVID-19? What is a typical day in your diary like? How are the new ways of working in these COVID times working for you and your Central Ward, particularly Brisbane City Council, with the great portfolio that you hold? Well, I think that one of the things is the collaborative approach that's happened between all levels of government in the past 18 months. And um, it, that's been important that we all work together in something that was unprecedented. And I think that there are obviously still differences between our respective political parties. Um, but I think that on the whole, uh, the National Cabinet has uh, pulled together. And I think that uh, it's been something that has worked quite well. Uh, we in Queensland, I think, have been very fortunate in that um, I, I guess that we may be a bit more compliant than our southern counterparts, but I think that we've been able to navigate through some very difficult times. And I really want that to continue. I think that the benefit of collaboration has been something that has worked um, very, very well with all levels of government. But um, I'm most proud of our Lord Mayor, Adrian Schrinner, because Adrian really looked at what we needed to do on the ground, you know, we immediately um, stopped all of the the parking meters when the when the lockdowns occurred, so that frontline workers would have somewhere to park on the street, not need to worry about some of those sorts of things. We've looked at um, making sure that we can financially support um, our organisations. We have over 600 organisations that use our facilities and we were able to make that rent free for the for the 12 months when it was a really a critical period. So I think that um, that collaboration will continue and I think that's been a very good thing for us. And what is a typical day in your diary like? When do you start your day? Tell us a little bit about your world, Councillor Harvard. Well, it's it's something that I really enjoy, as you know, because I'm I'm I have such a wonderful portfolio. And the community aspect of that portfolio is, I think, at the heart and soul of what we do for Brisbane City Council. Uh, Adrian Schrinner and his wife, Nina, are very caring people. And I think that that shows through in, in the way that we've navigated some of the issues recently. But not only that, we've always been great supporters of our local community. We have over 600 facilities, as I said before, and those facilities are mostly uh, in the hands of community organisations that then 
give pay it on. I, I think that's one of the lovely things about Brisbane. I think Brisbane is a very warm and friendly city. And I think the support of the Shrina Council in making sure that those communities can have a, a building, can have um, sports and playing fields. And the work that we do very closely with the community is something that is really special. And of course, um, the arts part of my portfolio, again, has been very heavily hit by the coronavirus. Some of our venues are still sort of trying to get back to full capacity. And uh, that's meant um, that's meant that we have to do things slightly differently. So in terms of um, our Valley Fiesta, which is our longest running street festival, running for more than 21 years in Fortitude Valley, for the last two years, we've had to hold those within the venues themselves, which has supported the venues and supported the artists. And that's been quite successful. And we're hoping um, that you know, next year we'll be able to do things a little bit differently again. But I think with the arts, the ability to be flexible and to look at ways that we can support our artists, support um, outdoor events. As we know, there's been some brilliant um, festivals. The Brisbane Festival was something that brought a great deal of joy to people and uh, Brisbane City Council is a very strong supporter of, of that. So the street serenades were, were um, opportunities for our wonderful Brisbane residents to get along to their local park Absolutely. and enjoy some entertainment. Yes, it yes, was fantastic. I totally love that. That was a wonderful concept and it brought in so much cheer in that gloomy time, undoubtedly. Clearly, you are the 24-7 trailblazing counsellor <laughs> and because of your efforts and hard work, amongst many, of course, but let me not take that away from you because I've seen you, you know, deep dive into that devotion and service for people. Brisbane is now the world's most emerging and safest city. So many incoming people, migrating people. It's been a total outburst of the property market as well. How do you see in the next two years Brisbane evolve and how are you going to manage so many more new residents? Well, I think that infrastructure is the key. And uh, as you know, we've just been given the wonderful opportunity to um, have the Olympics and the Paralympics in, in 11 years' time. And it's so important that we start now with that infrastructure. And I think that uh, that is one of the strengths of the Brisbane City Council, and particularly with our Lord Mayor's Graham Quirk, but now with uh, Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner, their commitment to continue to build that infrastructure. So, uh, as you know, the Metro is uh, coming online um, in 2023, and we've started, uh, we're, we're, we're quite a bit advanced on that at the moment. Um, it's going to be fully electric vehicles, so the sustainability of the city is so important that we look at all of those aspects of what we're of what we're doing. Our um, our green bridges is another wonderful opportunity for our Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner to really. Um, put something together that will be a great legacy for Brisbane and uh, the Kangaroo Point Bridge, which uh, is, uh, is we're starting the work on that very soon, is uh, one of those bridges that is just going to be iconic. Uh, we're going to be able to um, have a cafe and a restaurant and just for people to be able to get around our city 
in a, in a beautiful, clean and green way is something that we're very proud of. So I do think that the in infrastructure is, uh, is the key to what we're, what we're doing at the moment and will be, I think, over the, the next few years because it really is something that we need to be conscious of in preparing for the Olympics. That's brilliant, uh, Councillor Howard. Really looking forward to those evolutions. So the world has changed with investors also. How is Brisbane City Council transitioning through its sister city collaborations and new opportunities to leverage international markets and to just basically to, you know, accelerate our own Brisbane opportunities? What are the new deals in making? Well, of course, we've just held the Asia Pacific Cities Summit and that was a huge success. And whilst we couldn't have people here um, in person, we certainly had them here virtually. And it was, uh, again, again, collaboration, I think, um, is what we're really looking at in terms of our city leaders and our business chiefs um, getting together. So we had more than 70 cities um, were able to participate at that summit. And it is a summit which is managed by the Brisbane City Council and it really has a very strong track record for creating those new international partnerships and our knowledge sharing opportunities between our cities and businesses. So where it's, um, you know, it was a little different this year, but um, it was that we were still able to proceed with it. And I think the fact that the summit was able to proceed is a testament to a lot of the hard work that went in behind the scenes for many months. So um, the theme this year was redefining cities through opportunities and challenges. And it included a schedule packed with an impressive lineup of internationally renowned speakers and curated sessions. Um, I was able to uh, go and talk about um, the nighttime economy here in Brisbane, and uh, it was fantastic to share the stage with some of our other um, mayors from other areas. So um, the, the summit, which is also uh, the Cynic Rim, is something that is just going sort of so strong in that people really want to leave the city and go out to the country. And so um, the Cynic Rim is really providing that tourism that um, that locals are enjoying. And when we have international um, arrivals back is, is another opportunity for us to do that. So um, we were really thrilled to have those delegates this year from 74 different countries and, uh, sorry, 74 different cities and 23 countries. So um, that included China, Germany, India, Japan, Malaysia, Mongolia, Nepal, Pakistan and the United Kingdom. So as you can see, a, a great, I, I think that that is a, a, a wonderful forum for us to be able to showcase Brisbane, but also to learn what other countries are doing. Absolutely, Councillor Harvard. What I also love about our Brisbane city is the inclusion. And uh, particularly under your leadership, I've seen that evolve so much. The Pride Festival, the LGBTIQ people feel so safe in Brisbane and feel so, more than anything, they feel very open about coming out. So please share some insights about how this transformation from this being a taboo to opening up uh, and coming to a celebratory level has evolved as you have seen it. So, Well, I think, again, it's, um, it's been a very long journey. And, and I think for some people, it's been a very difficult one in, in that um, I think there's a lot more tolerance um, in the world now than there ever was before. However, I think that um, celebrating 
our real selves is something that's very important. And so um, as a mother of a, of a gay son, it was always something that was very close to my heart. But um, I just felt that I supported where I could. And I think that um, the community has really come a long way. And I think the the ability to, um, to, to walk down Brunswick Street shoulder to shoulder with each other is just such an important thing. And, and, I, and to have our festival in New Farm Park is also something that's quite special. And, of course, we've only just uh, recently held the one for this year. And uh, it really was uh, heartwarming to see people feel that they were able to be them to be themselves and I think um, it's the tolerance of the people of Brisbane that really I'm so proud of and I think that we've really we really have come a long way um, and I think that tolerance on all levels is something that is really really important for us to continue um, to support and of course Brisbane City Council has supported the Pride March um, I think now for almost 10 years so um, it's something that um, I'm personally proud of but I think is something that our city should be proud of as well um, not only do we um, support the the Pride um, fair. We also um, light up the Story Bridge, and I think everybody loves that Rainbow Story Bridge when when it's that time of the year. Um, and if, I think it's just um, showing that support in those tangible ways that's made the difference. That's a very contemporary central ward and Brisbane City. We have so proud of this. So, as a woman in politics for a for a while and for a long, long time to come, as we all know, Councillor Harvard, <laughs> having seen you support so many diverse women, particularly irrespectively who they are, where they come from, do you think just as a woman, cautery does capability matter? Or is it just being an adult, an Australian adult, with some money to run a campaign? That's what matters. Please share your insights. Um, well, I don't think you get anywhere if you aren't capable and, and that you don't have a capable team. I am absolutely blessed with the people who surround me um, in, in both my ward office and with my portfolio, I, and I couldn't do what I do without them. So I think that... Um, I'm really lucky to have had men and women of all capabilities um, around me all my professional life. And in fact, uh, you know, one of my earlier bosses from Chubb was uh, was such a supporter of women in the workforce and to and to help us to, um, to to grow. And that personal development is just so important because you do need to be confident in what you're doing, but it is. But you do also have to have the capability of of doing the job. So um, one of the things that we're most proud of is that our um, Liberal National Party Council has uh, 50% men and 50% women, and that just happened naturally. So it wasn't there weren't any quotas or anything such as that. And, of course, um, we're equally proud of the fact that uh, Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner's Civic Cabinet is also 50% men and 50% women. Again, that happened because of the capabilities of the people that are supporting him and uh, but he I know that he's very proud of that um, that fact happening the way that it did and I often say that life relations and politics you know that, that has really shown the world uh, of the real complex threats which are beyond uh, you know chin wag wars or debates in parliament or anywhere else these are threats like national security 
um, and many other things as such. So to deal with this, corrupt don't really scare uh, many people, but how we put up with them is what matters. So are there any anti-corruption or strong policies that your civic government follow to ensure there's a thorough ethical conduct uh, throughout this area for other people choosing to be candidates or trying to be in politics? Yes, well, I don't think that uh, those in democracies are comfortable with any level of corruption, really. And so, sadly, the word gets somewhat overused and level against many politicians uh, because some people can't or won't understand that decisions that are made. And I think that's um, that's something that we're noticing more and more. Um, so just because somebody doesn't like a building that's approved by a town planning professional in local government, it's not particularly fair that that person then calls the system corrupt. But we find that every day and it's increasing on social media. I think that uh, we need to be very careful with our language. But, um, you know, for instance, just recently, I think that uh, the the chief health officer had her husband's professional interest in Pfizer um, outlined in the press. And so it's a perfectly valid professional association with a company. But in the eyes of some it made him and the system maybe not, um, you know, to be looked at. And so I think that's not fair. And I think that, that that's just an example of some of the things that um, that that are out there. But I think certainly within, um, within Brisbane City Council, um, we have a very strong um, background of doing things fairly and transparently. And I think that's, uh, you know, I always strive to do my best and I think, um, that's all we can all do. And I think we all know what's right and what's wrong. And I think we just need to make sure that we have um, everyone, you know, working towards that goal. That's brilliant, uh, Councillor Harvard. So Central Ward, your ward, you know, every time I drive through those lush streets of James Street or the new farm park, this is it feels a little bit as if it's a little bit of Brooklyn in Brisbane, <laughs> but it's got its own little uh, touch to it. It's very Brisbane. So what's coming up next in your ward and in Brisbane community, night economy and arts? And what about the Victoria Park Vision? Share a little bit of, about all that. Well, we're, we're, we're so proud of the Victoria Park um, Vision and what that will become. And of course, uh, uh, we, we've started with some of our outdoor cinemas um, in the park there. But, of course, um, we've also got to be a little bit careful now because I think some of the, um, the, the Olympic uh, activities uh, are also going to be um, looked at for, for the park. I think the equestrian uh, has been announced that that might be happening there. So, um, But it does enable people to go and use the green space. And, and we're very proud of uh, the fact that that's been able to have uh, occurred so quickly. We, we have had a cinema in the, in the park and that was a great success. But we're also looking forward to um, creating community gardens, some wonderful spaces for people just to en- sit and enjoy. So Victoria Park is uh, one of those uh, special iconic parks that are going to be just such a wonderful legacy for Brisbane in the future. And of course, um, 
we, we've got Christmas coming up in, in the city, so Christmas in the city and, and Christmas in and around the suburbs. Um, we've got the Lord Mayor's Christmas carols will be happening on the 11th of December, as, uh, as well as some um, seniors' Christmas parties that we'll be holding in City Hall. And I think that uh, all of those things combine, I think, particularly this year, to make sure that we're all enjoying a special time of the year when families come together and and to know also that, um, you know, we can have um, wonderful events, as I said before, that we just had with uh, with the Brisbane Festival. And, and of course, Riverfire was uh, the first time that we've been able to have fireworks for, for a little while, and that was such a beautiful thing for some of our wonderful young people to enjoy. So... There's always lots happening. Um, we're about to have a big block party down in Fortitude Valley so that we can celebrate all of the wonderful local musicians that we have that work in and around the valley, and that will be happening towards the end of November. So there's always something to see and do in and around Brisbane. Absolutely, Councillor Howard, particularly in your very vibrant central ward. So capital cities like Brisbane, these are the new world smart cities, are home to our largest Australian communities. And the oversupply of units in Brisbane perhaps was not helping the Brisbane uh, property prices for a while. But now, particularly in the inner Brisbane city area, the prices are changing. Who do you think is ultimately going to be responsible for this uh, rise and the fluctuation of the market growth? And uh, do you think this is sustainable or is it going to grow or is it going to come down? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I would argue that there's not an oversupply here in Brisbane. I think that, um, I think that everybody is wanting to move around, uh, the areas and to en enjoy the different suburbs that we have. But as you'd be aware, Brisbane is a growing city and of course it's prized for its lifestyle and livability. So we've got a lot of people coming up from down south. Um, but we know that businesses choose to relocate into our inner city precincts because that's where our talent workers want to be and residents want to relocate to those areas um, because we are known as the ward that's second to none and, and providing that healthy inner urban river lifestyle and so it is very popular but um, the state's population is expected to increase significantly and the state government's Southeast Queensland Regional Plan uh, requires Brisbane to ensure an additional 188,200 dwellings um, are delivered by 2041 to cater for that population growth. So the state government set some of these targets and then Brisbane City Council and, and other councils in and around the, the region um, strive to um, make sure that we're providing um, a really good um, uh, accommodation for our people. Um, but um, so by 2041, Brisbane will home, be home to an extra 386,000 residents, which is, uh, which is really wonderful. And it could even grow more than that when you think about um, some of the things that are happening at the moment. So um, as we're required to implement the state government target, it, um, it does so in a very collaborative way with our local community. So, um, you know, I appreciate that some may not agree that all of the changes in Brisbane are positive, but 
you know, when you're catering for a population growth and you try to keep housing affordable for our regular income earners, um, it is our aim that as Brisbane grows that we'll remain a highly livable city and maintain the features that um, residents value. So um, it really is something that we keep an eye on and it's something that we're constantly looking at what we can do, you know, to support new homeowners and to support people wanting to come and live in the beautiful city of Brisbane. Now, let's talk about you. So how did it all start for you? <laughs> and when did you choose politics? You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy. And uh, you do it with so much style, grace, smile. I mean, I'm always impressed personally at your demonor, even in those toughest um, uh, scenarios. Please share something with us on this. Oh, um, it's not something I'm not really... I don't really sort of usually talk about myself very much, but um, look, the job that I have now, this uh, being the councillor for Central Ward, has really been the culmination of a long time of being involved with my community, you know, being involved with my children's sports and schools, et cetera, et cetera. And I think um, I do... I do think that I had um, a very fortunate support network, um, as I said before. You know, I've had a lot of great people around me who've encouraged me uh, to, to take sort of the different steps in my life. So I never imagined that I would be a politician way back when, but um, it really is something that I'm enjoying immensely. And um, people said to me, is it what you thought it would be? Well, I don't think that it is because I um, I really didn't know what it would be like. But what I do know is that it's so rewarding being able to talk to people daily and just to make a difference in someone's life, whether it be something quite as simple as getting the grass mowed in front of their house or whether it's fixing a pothole or, you know, just the simple things in life really make such a difference. And so I, um, I feel very blessed that I have this job, but I also feel very blessed with the people that I have around me because I know that I couldn't do what I do without the team that I have that support me and that, um, you know, I, I always think that we all work very, um, very well together. So it's, it's really something special. You absolutely have a fabulous team, undoubtedly, Councillor Harvard. But it's also about you. What are the talismans or the mantras that actually drive your day-to-day -day focus and commitment to Brisbane City? I think, I think that it's something... Uh, I've, I've always had a feeling that um, people are meant to be doing the job they're doing um, because of fate maybe I'm not I'm not sure I I you know I certainly think that um life's experiences sometimes make a big difference as to how you conduct yourself and also how you support others so I I think that we're very I think we're very fortunate in Brisbane to have such a supportive community around us. And I do think it's different than, than other cities. And not that I've not that I've lived in other cities, but I have traveled and I just know that it is always lovely to um, come home to Brisbane and, and it's just such a friendly city. I mean, even if it's something like people thanking our bus drivers, which is which just I think only happens here in Brisbane, but it's um it's just fantastic to to see people being appreciative for small things that 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 happen. So, um, it yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a difficult one for me to answer personally because I I'm I'm so grateful for 
everything that's happened in my life to bring me to the point where I am now and to enable me to do the things that I'm doing on a daily basis. Do we see you as the next deputy mayor or what's next? Oh, no, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. I love this portfolio. Um, I There is so much to do. And, and I think the nighttime economy is something that we're only just starting to, to get into to try and help restore that. So there is such a lot of work to do. It's a fantastic team of people that I work with. Um, Adrian Schrinner and his wife Nina are just the most amazing people to lead our city. And I'm just so proud to be part of that team because I know how um, genuine and authentic they are and I know that they that they just love our multicultural communities they love making sure that Brisbane City is just going to be sparkling um, for for the for the Olympics and the Paralympics and I think that livability and the the accessibility of the city is just really something that is um, very important to to all of us. So I am blessed to work with um, with a team that have the same values as I do. So Councillor Howard, what is your message from the Jacaranda and Jazz amazing central ward of <laughs> Brisbane City for the people of Brisbane who can get so much inspiration that for the work that you do? Well, of course, our, our Jacarandas in New Farm Park are extra special and when we have our jacarandas and jazz festival which we have every year it is just so beautiful to watch everyone sitting under the the big tree in new farm park and to have our musicians playing and and to see children dancing and to see people tapping their toes we are just so blessed to have such a beautiful city and uh, I, I think that um you know i think really people just need to have fun they need to um to really enjoy what we have to offer here in Brisbane. And I think it's just a, an amazing place to live. Now we'll just do a few questions like a rapid fire. Uh-huh. Um, here we go. So what's your okay. favourite hangout in Central Ward? Well, I do like going to the Taj Mahal, which is one of the most wonderful Indian restaurants in, in Brisbane. And it's right across the road from where I live. So that's one of my favourite places. And what is your favourite cuisine or dish there? Oh, well, I usually allow the people that are with me to order because I enjoy eating all, all wonderful things. But um, it's, it's really something special. And, of course, you can't go past butter chicken, can you? <laughs> Never, ever. <laughs> Do you watch Netflix? Not very often, but I do like to sort of have a bit of a look at, you know, usually around Christmas time I might watch a, a series. I, I think I watched the, the first series of The Crown, but that's about the, the last time that I that I watched that. But um, I do watch a movie every now and again just to sort of, uh, you know, just, just to chill out and to, to not do anything for a while. And uh, what kind of manicure would you prefer, shellac, <laughs> French or natural? Well, it's it's. I'm afraid that it's usually natural because there's not much time for manicures. But uh, but yes, no, I'm I'm a natural girl. <laughs> and your favourite sister city of Brisbane City? Oh my goodness me! Um, I like them all. Can I be? Can I be? Can I be diplomatic and <laughs> say that they all have so much to offer? And I and I'm just so excited when we when we hear the stories from all of our sister cities. So I I don't think I actually have a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Who is your inspiration? 
Oh, well, I think that um, I think I'd have to say that my parents instilled a very um, deep sense of responsibility in me in growing up. And I like people like um, Margaret, Margaret Thatcher. I think that, um, you know, when I read her story and I read of the the amazing things that she achieved as the as the first female prime minister and in in the UK um, and she had some really difficult decisions that she had to make but um, I I think that people such as uh, such as Margaret Thatcher and those sorts of people are really um, I think are inspirational for other women to to know that she achieved so much in a time when um, women w- weren't really sort of um, able to do as much as they are today. So the world is our oyster now. We can do anything. Thank you so much, Councillor Harvard. I'm not sure about Margaret Thatcher, but in today's <laughs> world, you are an inspiration to so many, so many men, women, and whosoever they choose themselves to be. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Diaspora and the Spirit of Spinning Yarns podcast. You've made my day. <laughs> oh, thank you so much.